So when we we're trying to think about where to film the sermon for this week, it just seemed natural to say, well, what about, let's go down to the children's wing. And I don't know, have you ever been to our infant room? Uh, this is the place where on a normal Sunday, there are kids everywhere and, and they're often playing and having a great time, but it's just, it's not a normal Mother's Day Sunday, is it? As I said at the top of our service, this is undoubtedly one of the most challenging Mother's Days on record. I, I mean, some of us can't even visit our mothers out of fear of transmitting a virus. I mean, what's Mother's Day without hugs and a dinner out? But, well, here we are. Well, really, it's never been easy to express how much we appreciate our moms. I mean, we give them chocolates and we give them flowers one day of the year as if somehow that's an adequate way to say thanks for the thousands of ways our moms have loved us. Well, all this time we're spending online during the season, I, I was reminded of something the other day when I was on Facebook. Uh, did you know it's possible for people to categorize their relational status? Uh, you, you can say that you're single, you're engaged, you're married, you know, I, those I get. But did you know that you can also categorize a relationship as it's complicated? <laughs> it's complicated. Okay, I, I'm not a millennial, so maybe I just don't get it, but what does it even mean? And more importantly, why would you ever post that publicly? Now, if we're honest, uh, you know where things really are a bit more complicated and that status fits even better? In our relationship with our moms. I mean, seriously, who, who doesn't have a complicated relationship with their mother? And if you say you don't, you're either in denial or you're the exception. Here, but let me help you. You're probably in denial. <laughs> And if your relationship with your mom is just a bit complicated, here's what I want you to hear. That's okay. And here's why. Do you know who else had a complicated relationship with his mother? Jesus. The other day I told somebody I was going to talk about Jesus' relationship with his mother and how it was complicated. And you know what she said? She said, oh my goodness, you are so right. I can imagine Mary saying, I know you're the son of God, but I'm still your mother which complicated, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I find that reassuring. I mean, if Jesus had a complicated relationship with his mother, maybe we're all doing a bit better than we thought. Now, the Bible only gives us a few selected snapshots of Jesus and his relationship with his mother, but each one is rich in how we can learn from how Jesus honored his mother. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at these various biblical snapshots of Jesus and Mary, and we're going to learn from the way that Jesus treated her. I mean, flowers and candy are nice, but the clearly the best way that we can love our moms is to love her like Jesus, right? So let's look at each one of these biblical snapshots one at a time in chronological order. So the first encounter between Jesus and his mother is one that's not very obvious. But here, follow me on this. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings! You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, 
you found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you were to call him Jesus. Now the angel Gabriel comes to Mary as God's messenger and invites her to become the mother of Jesus. So what we have here is actually an interaction between the pre-incarnate God and, and Mary. And what makes this conversation so important is that not only what says about the way that God viewed Mary, but the way that God views motherhood in general. Uh, the late Dutch minister, Henry Dosker said, the birth of Christ lifted motherhood to the highest possible plane and idealized it for all time. Uh, what woman is today, what she is in particular in her motherhood, she owes wholly to the position in which the scriptures have placed her. You see, if God chose a woman to bear his son, to nurse him and to care for him and raise him, how highly must God think of motherhood? I mean, God could have used any vehicle to bring his son into the world, but he intentionally chose to send his son to earth through a loving mother. So there's our first observation. God has an extremely high view of motherhood, and so should we. You see, from God's perspective, there is no higher calling than motherhood. So, uh, do you realize just how high a calling it is to be a mother, all you moms out there? And, and have you told your mom today, especially just how much you appreciate her uh, and all of her sacrifices for you? So the next scriptural snapshot of Jesus with his mother happens when Jesus is 12 years old. Let's take a look at Luke 2, starting in verse 41. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, his parents were returning home. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. D didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Jerusalem with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Okay, so here's Jesus, 12 years old, right on the cusp of adolescence. His family, along with the rest of the nation of Israel, travels to Jerusalem for Passover week. Then after the celebration, his family leaves to return home and they're thinking Jesus is with the extended family, uh, they, but he's not. So they accidentally leave him behind. Now, I'll never forget when I was a kid and I got lost at the Zares department store. I mean, does anybody remember Zares in North Olmsted? I, I think it's a golf world now. I remember getting separated from my mom and needing to go to the front to have them page her. And looking back now, <laughs> yeah, my mom was glad to see me again, but she was also really embarrassed to lose me. Uh, so here, let me encourage you moms, uh, if you ever accidentally lose one of your children, uh, you need to cut yourself a break because, I mean, Mary lost the Son of God, okay? Uh, so Mary and Joseph, they go back to Jerusalem 
and search for three frantic days. I mean, can you imagine three days? And they finally find Jesus in the temple. He's among a group of elders who are amazed at his knowledge of the scriptures. But notice it's Mary that questions Jesus about his behavior, not Joseph. Uh, clearly, they had a special relationship. And, and Jesus offers this very 12-year-old response, why did you come looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? There's a critical moment in the life between a mom and a child where, where the child begins to think and act for themselves. And here Jesus is beginning to explore the greater purpose of his life, his father's business. But he recognizes that he was still accountable to his parents. So he returns to Nazareth and he was obedient to them. Then the passage says, and Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Here, let me give you a modern translation of this. And then Mary realized that her relationship with her son would always be complicated. So here's what Jesus teaches us in the moment. Uh, children should put God first and be obedient to their mothers. Now, most of the time, obeying our mothers is simply what it means to obey God. I mean, otherwise, Jesus would have stayed in the temple. Uh, of course, uh, there are times when to be obedient to God as adults, we may even have to go against our mother's wishes. And in a few moments, we're going to look at one of these times in Jesus' life. But for most of the time, for children, it's clear, children should place God first and be obedient to your mother. Uh, so kids, if you're watching at home right now, one of the most important ways that you can love God is to be obedient to your mom, especially in the strange season. Kids, let's love our mom by being obedient to her. So the next snapshot of Jesus and Mary appears in John's Gospel, in chapter 2. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. So Jesus is now 30 years old, a full-grown adult. And what is he doing? Well, he's at a wedding, spending time with his mother. Now, of all the people in the world, Jesus had every reason to spend time exclusively with his disciples. I mean, they're going to be the ones who are going to carry out his mission. But here he's spending time with his mother, honoring her. Now, as adults, it is all too easy for all of us to become consumed by our everyday lives and our jobs and to neglect our relationship with our moms. And here, the host runs out of wine, which at the time was a serious social misstep. Mary, knowing who Jesus really is, raises the matter with him. So has your mother ever asked you to do something that you really didn't want to do? Well, guess what? Jesus' mother did too. Uh, Jesus' response of woman, by the way, it might sound harsh to our 21st century ears, but that simply was a common address at the time. Don't hear it as anything offensive. And Jesus says, so what concern is their wine problem to you and me? Now, Jesus could have said, well, who are you to tell me what to do? Or leave me out of it. Instead, he intentionally emphasizes their relationship as a team. I mean, he says, what's that to you and me? And here's what's so important. Jesus doesn't allow their disagreement to divide them. 
Now, especially for those of us who are adults, how much would our relationship with our moms improve if we just followed what Jesus does here? Now, of course, during this pandemic, uh, many of us have been away from our moms, but that's soon going to come to an end. Well, soon enough. And when it does, you need to spend time with your mom. And even when you disagree with her, don't, don't allow your disagreement to divide you as a team. Uh, don't ever view your mom through this lens of disagreement. Instead, see you and your mom on the same team and, and treat her as such. Look, maybe you've even had disagreements with your mother that have soured the relationship. Uh, do what Jesus did. Don't, don't let them to divide you. Take time to connect with your mother. Now, if there's any one scene where the complication in Jesus' relationship with his mother is in full display, it's this next scene. So has there ever been a time in your life when your mother thought you were <laughs> out of your mind? I can remember a few when I was a teenager. Um, well, it turns out that even Jesus had that experience. Uh, let's look at Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, these are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Remember when you were a kid at your friend's house and your mother called out, it's time to go home. Well, that works if you're eight, but mm, not if you're 30 and especially not if you're God. Uh, Mary and the other members of her family hear that Jesus is teaching some strange things, and so they get together to have an intervention. Now, obviously, this had to be like a really awkward moment, uh, but notice what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't throw his family under the bus. He doesn't disagree with them publicly. He doesn't even say, don't you realize that you're the crazy ones? Instead, he somehow turns this awkwardness into a teaching moment. Now, there are times when particularly our mothers would have us place our nuclear family first. Now, as important as our immediate family is, the, the family of God and God's call on our lives it will, has to be a priority. And nowhere is that clearer than with Jesus. I mean, Jesus had to put his mission for our salvation over his family's understanding. And there are likewise going to be times when our mothers may not understand the decisions that you and I make when it comes to even our faith. And when that happens, we should seek to do what Jesus did here. Continue to pursue God's call on our lives, but try to do it in a way that continues to honor your mother. And moms, in your desire to protect your children, be certain that you don't discourage them from pursuing God's call even if it seems too hard or too costly. Good parents always encourage our kids to place God first, even when it's costly to us. I mean, imagine what it would have happened if Mary persisted and she tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Especially when I was a youth minister, I knew a lot of parents who discouraged their kids from going into ministry because somehow they thought it wasn't going to pay enough money or it was going to be too hard. I'm so grateful that 
my own father and mother, I remember going to them one day and saying, I really think God's calling me to go into ministry. I wanted to go on the staff of Young Life. And my mom and my dad were wonderful about saying, I'm not sure that we fully understand all of this, but we know how important it is for you. And so they gave me their blessing. I'll never forget that. Well, the principle here is similar to an earlier one, but here it's for adults. Adults should put God first and honor their parents. Children should obey their mom, but adults honor her. Moms with children in the house, can I encourage you to help your kids to consider even pursuing the possibility of full-time ministry? Have you ever encouraged your kids to consider it? And for all of us, if our moms ever discourage our faith in some respect, do what Jesus did. Continue to pursue God, but do your best to honor your mom, to be patient with her. Mary appears one last time in the Gospels when she stands in deep sorrow at the foot of the cross. John 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. To the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. So on the cross, Jesus only spoke seven phrases, and he used one of those precious breaths to provide for his mother. Jesus says to John, here's your mother. Now, Mary's presumably a widow at this point, and as the oldest son, Jesus was responsible for her well-being. So even in the midst of unspeakable suffering, Jesus finds a way to provide for his mother when he's gone. So here the, the principle is clear. As best we can, Jesus teaches us that we are to offer provisional care for our aging parents. So unfortunately today, we don't always do a good job here. I mean, too often we don't extend enough care for our elderly parents. But if we're to follow the way of Jesus, we need to. We, we need to care for our parents in their old age. I know somebody in our church who just recently allowed their mother to move into their home when she developed Alzheimer's until she recently passed away. Was it easy? No, but it was a beautiful reflection of Jesus and his love. Our relationship with our mother is always going to be a bit complicated, but here's what Jesus teaches us about loving our moms. Let's go back and look at these. God has an extremely high view of motherhood, so should we. Uh, two, children should put God first and be obedient to their mothers. Three, spend time with your mom and don't allow your disagreements to divide you. Four, adults should put God first and honor their parents. And then lastly, we're to care for our aging parents and for our mom. You know, chocolates and flowers, I mean, they're great, but these principles that Jesus demonstrated, they show us what it really means to love our mom. So let me ask, how are you doing loving your mom today? You know, it's not easy being a mom right now. And I think more than any other Mother's Day, we need to let our moms know that they are deeply appreciated. This pandemic season is making things all the more complicated, but is there something that God's wanting you to do to show your mom love today? Let her know how deeply you appreciate her. And moms, 
God deeply appreciates you as well. I mean, so much so that he sent his one and only son to be born, nursed, and cared for by a woman. Moms, your role, it's not easy right now. And your kids may not always appreciate you, but God does. And he sees you and your hard work. He knows your struggles. And this season, it'll eventually come to an end. And until it does, thank you for continuing to pour out Christ's love. Let's together, let's, let's show Christ's love to our moms. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for our moms. And we would just say thank you for sending your son, Jesus, for giving us such a beautiful example of how we should love our mothers. Father, forgive us that we don't always love our mothers the way that, that Jesus did. And, you know, some of us come from relationships with our moms where it's just, it's not been easy to love. So, Lord, I especially lift up the people who are watching this today, who this is not an easy message to hear for one reason or another, and it's not easy uh, for them to reach out and love their mom. Father, I pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, you'd fill them right now. You'd give them extraordinary and supernatural power and love to love their moms. I, I pray that for all of us, Lord, that you would help us um, to reach out, love our mothers, and to do so in a way that reflects Jesus' love. And so, Father, especially during this season, pour out your power and strength, uh, strength upon especially moms. Uh, help them in this season that's just been so unusual and even so difficult. So we lift them to you. We say thank you for the way that you're using them to nurture and disciple um, your precious children. And we just pray this, Lord, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly more than you could ever dare to ask or imagine by his power that's at work within you. To him be all glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations and all of God's people together, let's say it, amen and amen. Happy Mother's Day and have a great week.